When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tullis, the founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... The interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Big thanks to everyone who checks in, listens to all the episodes. Always appreciate you uh, you checking out the whole series uh, and leaving comments in the various places. You can do that. Always love hearing from you all where you're listening from or what you thought about the interview or any questions you have. Please keep those coming. Of course, if you're not a subscriber to the series, now is a great time to do so uh, anywhere you're listening from. And that also means iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe at uh, Spotify, even YouTube, wherever you like to get podcasts from. Just hit the subscribe button. We'll send new episodes to you, brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover new ones and know what's happening in the music world. Uh, Very easy to do, wherever you get podcasts from, Kyle Meredith with. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, going to be talking with Fran and Joe about the new record, Sideways to New Italy. Uh, in fact, we're going to be talking about, uh, right when they're starting to launch it, of course, that's when the, the global pandemic starts hitting, and they were able to get one last show in, and not just a regular show. They played the Vic on the Park, and it was a special sort of homecoming for them. This is one of their very first gigs, and being able to come back there was pretty meaningful. So I wanted to hear about what that experience was like. 
and how an album changes after a worldwide event, if at all, you know, if they see this album any differently than uh, maybe what it was intended to be. Uh, th- there's a lot of story behind it, how the songs came to be, what they're writing about, uh, feeling disconnected. Uh, a disconnection is a big theme, especially after living their life on tour for the last couple of years and seeing success, that disconnection uh, really hit close to home for them when they did return back to Australia. How they uh, sort of leaned on love songs to find that connection back, uh, you know, and jamming. That's always a big thing for the band, too. We hear about that process within their songs. And and really back on that uh, theme of disconnection, even how a, a John Clancy short story about a returning soldier who sort of had the same feelings gave a big dose of inspiration uh, for a, a song in particular, but really for the album as a whole. It's a hell of a great rock album. I'm so happy to be talking to Fran and Joe. Let's jump into this, talking about this record, Sideways to New Italy. It's Kyle Meredith with Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever. Hi, it's Fran here. Hello, this is Joe. How are you? Where are you? What time is it? <laughs> I'm in uh, Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. It is 8 a.m. I have literally, literally just rolled out of bed and into my closet where I have this set up right now. So, <laughs> oh wow! I just brought it bed. I was just on a Zoom with a few friends. So yeah, it's 10 p.m. here in Melbourne. Since everyone is sort of uh, encouraged to stay home, I brought this uh, here last week. So it really is becoming acquainted with my closet, and I'm now just a just a, a closet <laughs> dweller. Like this is where I live my life in this this little little bitty room. How how is it in Australia these days? Uh, I think it's I think the world is the same. In everyone's uh, you are in the world, it's just uh, we're confined to our our four walls and we're deprived of our social connections as try as we might to maintain them digitally. Uh, yeah, it's a weird weird time. Well, there's a there was a quote my wife had found about uh, you know in in the oddest way there has never been more unity uh, in in the whole world. Yeah. Than right now, which is and um, actually I think ISIS had put out a I feel like I saw a tweet or something. Or maybe it was a tweet talking about how ISIS had been uh, had put out some messaging to their followers to, to isolate social distance because it's important <laughs> we don't spread the virus. Uh, <laughs> wow! And, and and Putin is doing it as well. Like Putin's on board, right? And um, so you know the whole the whole gang's back together again. <laughs> Good guys, bad guys, it doesn't matter. We're all we're all. In this together, all <laughs> oh, <we're> together. <laughs> yeah. Except, um, I, I understand that um, in Belarus they're still playing soccer. Um, yeah, because He's, he denies it. The president denies that it exists. Wow. Oh, is that is that why? Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he just doesn't believe it. You know, somehow. And in in Brazil as well, actually, um, Bolsonaro is just trying to march on. The reason I know that they're playing soccer in Belarus is. The footy tipping that I normally do is obviously not going ahead, so you don't tip who's going to win this weekend in the in the, in the footy because it's not happening. But the footy tipping um, website has decided to make a different competition, which is just a novelty competition. And every week, rather than tipping on eight games or whatever the amount is, they just put like it might even be like ten different little mini games. So tomorrow is is the weather in Melbourne at 3 p.m. going to be above 16 degrees Celsius or below 16 degrees Celsius. And then another one of the questions is, who's going to win in Belarusian soccer? Is it going to be this team or that team? And um, I think we've got Chinese 
Uh, is it table tennis? I think. <laughs> uh, so there's some things are still happening. Whatever you can get your hands on. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a, a Saturday Night Live skit that just happened over the weekend where it was like it was talking about you know the sportscasters, of course, just being at a loss and and really just going for anything around their house to bet on. Like you know the serious gambling addicts are, are really just what, whatever works. You know we, what what food's going to cook faster? Yeah. You know it's. <laughs> <laughs> good. It really lays it there, though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember on like late night television, there was that game. I think it was David Letterman. He had a game. Put, put things in water and see if it floats. Oh, right. Sure, it floats. That would be entertaining right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's make a whole sport out of that. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to kind of cruise right into this, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I, I do want to say before we get into the album talk, too, because, uh, that that even with all this going on, you, you all were able to kind of squeak in, I don't know if it's one show or, or a few shows uh, down there, but, but one of them that seemed to be the most uh, talked about anyway was, was the Vic on the Park, which... As I read, this is sort of was one of your very first shows, and it was kind of a, a you know a, a return uh, to that. It, what was that experience like? Was it any different than than the rest, especially now with the the context of where we are? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite different. It had a vibe like it was the last show we were going to play for a long time, and everyone in the in the audience knew it. And it was like we basically we knew everything was going to shut down, and either it should have already been shut down, or we'll shut down tomorrow. So like it was this real strange but like kind of beautiful feeling in the air of like we you know everyone loves the loves live music and and that uh and it was about to be sort of taken from us and yeah it was it was you could really feel that in the air it was, it was quite interesting most bands didn't get that last chance anyway they uh you know no no and i mean to be honest we sort of felt a bit weird about it because over that the course of those few days like the sands were shifting just like hour by hour and it was hard to sort of like work out what the right thing to do was I remember I think it was the Thursday of that weekend was we were filming the clip for She's There and we stopped to get a coffee and I saw when we were waiting for the coffee we got an email that the Pixies shows were cancelled we were going to be playing with the Pixies in Sydney that weekend at the Opera House on the Saturday and the Sunday night and um, that was something we were all just looking forward to so much it was just going to be like the best the best day or well, best two days ever and then we got that email and that was sort of the first time for me that the severity of the, the whole pandemic had um, really hit home because we'd it had sort of been just an overseas thing and we thought that you know there was a good chance that we wouldn't be touring overseas but I don't know for some reason uh, it just hadn't really seemed that it was going to be an issue at least so immediately and you know, domestically and then it got cancelled and then it was just a weird thing that day and then the next day we finished filming the clip on the Friday um, it was like okay that's getting cancelled and then all of a sudden the gigs for even just the next uh, few days were sort of up in the air we booked the Sydney show but pretty quickly after the Pixies one was cancelled I think we booked it on the Thursday the day that the Pixies one was cancelled but then just as the days went on the hours went on it was like the dominoes just sort of kept falling so it was sort of weird by the time we were flying up to Sydney and we got to Sydney and it was actually a really uncharacteristically rainy sort of weekend in Sydney generally when you go to Sydney it's just like it's just like this postcard city 
it's always just really beautiful. But it was just sort of this weird um, limbo time. And the show that we played was it was really fun and energising. As Joe said, there was sort of a sense in the crowd that it was like this is the last one. But it was also not quite like a celebration because it was just sort of like a bit of an uneasiness about whether even just being together right now is the right thing to do or, or not. It, yeah, and then and then so drastically like with then that that was just the last show that we we had done because then the next day we cancelled the Brunswick show and then just everything just got cancelled just everything so it was a weird one this is a lot it's just sort of like this nice shining moment that sort of like the uh, you know I don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to do it. Like, I'm, I'm happy we did it, but there was a little slight feeling of uneasiness throughout the whole show. Just like this feels like it's the wrong thing to do. But I don't know. Once we started playing, it was it was kind of it was also a fun, yeah, a fun experience. Yeah, it was like it's like because like, you know, and people were saying that at the time, like it, um, this is the biggest thing that anyone will have experienced since World War Two. You know, since since all the way back then, like this is the world is not like dealt with something like this for many 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 years but the weird thing about it is that we're all like can't experience it together we've all got to just deal with it separately and the problem is that we can't come together to like try and control ourselves through this situation is that's the whole problem so i mean uh, yeah it's what's so that, that's what was sort of weird about it. it was like it was this vigil before before you know the calm before the storm but it felt a bit weird because it was we shouldn't have you know like we should have all just been going home like straight away sort of thing well and, and it's of course what a moment you know to wrestle with just uh individually and, and personally because as you're saying it is to an extent supposed to be a celebratory moment you here you have this fantastic new record i don't even think i've complimented it by the way sideways to new italy is it's just a great record and and here you have this and and, and suddenly like there have been albums through the years where bands have decided you know not to tour it and and i suppose to some quite different but small degree that this is sort of in a similar vein to that you know like rem would do that through the years you know especially in the 90s like they would release a record and then they would not tour it so so in some sense it just sort of ends as soon as you put it out i know that's not the case here because i expect at some point you guys will be able to you know to do this record but but it does 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 it change you know what this record is to you to sort of have to release it but also put it on hold uh, i don't think it changes it much really i'm kind of i feel like the the recording process or the the releasing the album is is that kind of um you close that chapter anyway you know like you kind of the, uh, i sort of separate the live and the and the recording um like there's quite a separation there so i guess i feel like it's sort of it's weird that we're not going to be able to play it live, of course, like or at least not for a little while. But I'm kind of okay with it now because it's like I, don't know, I just I've come to terms with it. But I've also sort of um, released the idea of the album from my mind. You know, it's, it's it's done. It's in the can. Like now, now we move on to to what we do with it in a live sense, which is going to be completely different to what we did in the studio. So. Mm. It's yeah, it's it's sort of maybe now it's like the situation that we're in is just that we're pulling back the the bow a bit, you know, for for a longer time before we release it, before we play it live, which is kind of exciting in a way as well. It's like it'll just hopefully like ratchet up the excitement for for us and and 
like maybe with with people who are listening to the record, you know, they'll just be waiting and waiting until we can play it live, and then it might be a great a great relief. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I sort of. I mean, it's it's obviously um, the the overall the fact that you've been building and getting ready to, you know, you've sort of had a, a sort of a plan for a year or a year and a half, two years sort of thing, and that changes. That's, I mean, that's weird, but like for the the album itself, like yeah, that's just the life it's going to have. It's just going to have a different life, and that's maybe it'll be maybe it'll be really cool. It'll be released at a time when I'm when people are really enjoying music. I know, I know I am. Any new music is just sounding so great. I just went for a run before I was listening to the Strokes album and the new one that they put out last week, and it just sounded great. I was just like, oh, this is just so nourishing just to have new music come through, and it's like this little, I don't know, it's just this nice little thing just being sent out into the world from from the other side of the world. These, I don't know, for some reason the songs, songs just seem to resonate more right now. Um, I guess so, we're further away from the world. Everyone's further away now than, the, than we've been for so long. So like to send something out into the world is like actually sending it you know, like into space, or you know, like right. the equivalent of like it's so everything's so far away now. We're so separated. We, there's no chance we're going to be getting on a plane and and uh, seeing anyone soon. Like it's it's just a song to for, you know for song's sake, you know. And so that and and that sort of I think it feels good with this album because a lot of the songs came from for the songs that I wrote lyrics to and had um, some of the gen- uh, initial ideas to. They came from sort of a weird place of. Um, just sort of being um, disconnected with where I was at home after touring and touring and then coming home and home not feeling like home and just sort of sort of being in a, a weird place and just trying to write myself out of that and reaching forward to a better sense of home and love and having put out um, She's There a few weeks ago and listening to the masters and stuff of the album, it all just feels really like it really makes sense right now. So, yeah, it, it might be that this putting the album out at this stage is going to be really good. And then at some stage, whenever that is, we'll play the songs live and um, it's just going to be a different path, a different you know, um, story for, for this album, which, yeah, I think can be nice. The, yeah. the, the dislocation part that you're, you're talking about, because I know that was a, a big part of the press release too, it, it was interesting because here you all, you know, you had you know the the first couple EPs and then the debut record really kind of sweeps up and, and you're going all over the world. And in and what an interesting moment because as I as I understand it at least you know it's it's that moment of of looking at the world but not really being able to experience it you know because everything is is just so quickly you know and if that's the case like how do you how did you turn that into music is there is there a way that you can verbalize that because you know seeing just sort of everything blur by like that and and eventually you turn around and you say well these are the things I'm experiencing so these are the things I'm writing. Like, like, how do you how do you construct a, a song out of that? For the, the process, for me, I mean, we we're, we all write our own sort of lyrics, essentially. But yeah, the process for me that that I found writing this record was like, I guess there's such a whirlwind, and, the, and there was a whirlwind inside my mind about what to write about and what to where I wanted to come from in, in this for, for these lyrics for this record. Like, there was I was toying with all sorts of approaches, you know, like sort of big concepts, you know, like world politics or, you know, like these big big ideas and then I guess it just it all became a bit too much and I was trying trying too hard to try and create something out of all of this like this epic two years that we had that was just like getting flung around all over the world and it was all it all just 
like got too much, and so I just ended up concentrating on the the love in in my life, and just wrote about that, and you know, back and forth of it over the last few years that, that that's been like and then it's um it yeah it's sort of it, it, it all of a sudden everything just made sense and it flowed and, and it was it was started to think about songs as, as love songs which was uh i'd never really done before um yeah then it sort of just made sense to me and everything found a place yeah that's basically the same sort of the freedom through which i was looking i guess is like i just trying to build this album with all of us that would be this just sort of this little this bedrock of certainty you know like yeah this is what <laughs> this is what it's all about because it can sort of get a bit confusing i suppose when you're touring all the time and i i, I really love touring and i love like waking up and getting in a different town and you know stopping and you know getting lunch wherever and you know even if it's a crap um you know road stop or you know, like buying scratchies and, you know, trying to win 12 bucks and all that sort of stuff. I, I really like all of it, but it's, um, at a certain point, it just sort of like, just chips away behind you. Like, you're like, okay, so I don't have a house back home right now. I don't have a room to go back to right now because it doesn't make sense for me to keep paying rent on it or whatever. Um, all my stuff is in boxes and your, you know, relationships with friends and stuff sort of starts start to just um, not outwardly suffer but they just sort of just you know you just don't have the same connections with people as you, as you normally do and, and all of a sudden it, just the, being on the road just sort of becomes your life and then it starts to get really existential and you're just like wondering okay well what <laughs> I, don't, I don't know but at some point the it just tips a little bit and you're not just this um, person who has a room and, and friends and a job and a band you're just like, and, and he tours every now and then. At a certain point, it just sort of like that becomes the majority of your life is that you're touring, and then you every now and then drop home, and you're home for a few weeks, and you're there, and you try and work while you can, and you catch up with who you can. But then it's like the, um, the forces take you back, and you're touring again, and it just sort of I don't know, it just forces you to just change the way you think about who you are and what it is you're doing. So the songs that I was trying to write were just trying to be, I think, these hopeful songs, looking forward and and, um, and also just trying to harness what it is that we already have. So the approaches to a lot of the songs, like aside from themes of the record, just like the actual approaches to the songs, we all wrote all the songs together and we tried to do that as much as possible. It's just like bring just a fragment of an idea and, and then we all are in there and explode it and just play on it for 20 minutes and then we'll find a bit in it that we really like and then that'll be and then we'll try and work out what that is and that sounds like it's an outro so what's the part before it and then we'll all so we all will just like be collectively writing this song and they're the songs that have always been the most exciting for us and they're the ones that we still enjoy playing night after night the ones that we've written together that we wouldn't have written by reason of uh, other than by reason of the five of us. So for me, that, that's sort of been like the, that was like the driving force of this, this um, all these new songs. I just wanted it to be like us and hopeful and about love and, you know, um, because that's something that you can hang on to, that's something that's certain. So that was just sort of like, just sort of this driving prison in my head, I think, through which I was, you know, filtering um, the ideas. It makes yeah. for a, yeah, really cohesive record with, with, with that, kind of style um you can tell you know the i i think i've read you talk you all talking about that just kind of blurring the lines and bringing in those fragments like that's there's a trust fall like you've really got to trust you know your your writing partners in this case your bandmates obviously 
that you know if if you're only going to bring in such a sliver that it's going to be developed into into something and and you know you guys knocked it out of the park in that sense. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we. I mean, we put a lot of time into it. Really. Yeah, heaps of time, and then like lots of lots of little ideas went nowhere, which is part of the process of this album was, uh, I guess, giving every little idea as much time as we could give it before we realised that it wasn't right or before it was right, you know, like it, we really rinsed everything, everything out of it and, you know, we, we hopefully distilled it down to like, to, you know, what we thought was the best, the best it could be. But yeah, we spent ages, <laughs> many, many hours like searching and, you know, jamming and rewriting and writing and rewriting again, yeah. For example, the first song, the second of the first was a song that was just, it was a different song, had the same chords, but then we just locked onto this jam that is now the jam in the middle of the song, and it was just this section that we really liked playing and like the guitar parts were sort of written, and we just got sort of locked into this boogie sort of jam, like a television boogie jam, it just sort of felt like, I don't know, it felt like an Oz punk song, it sort of felt like a rumpy band, or I don't know, it just... There was something about it just sort of just felt right. I mean, I, it all just felt right for all of us to be playing it. And I was like, yeah, this is just something that we're really enjoying and it just feels like us. And then the difficulty then was like, okay, well, what what do we do with that? Where, what, in what possible song would that sentiment be? And then it was a case of trying to find, like, its limbs. We sort of knew that it was just sort of like the, the torso. Um, it was just sort of like in the middle of the, of the song. Um, we just needed to find all of its limbs. And it, yeah, we found it after trying a number of different limbs. Are there extra voices on that song with the second of the first? Yeah. yeah, yeah who, who am I hearing? Joe's partner, Hannah. Yeah, that's, that's my partner, Hannah, and an old friend of ours, Mater. And it's, well, Frank explained this better, I'm sure, but it's reading from an, a, a short story. Frank, you, you, take, <laughs> you take it from here. <laughs> yeah, there's this short story that I read that I just really, really, really liked that I thought of as sort of the, the basis to which to see this song. Um, it's about a guy who returns from the war and um, in Australia. I think it's probably northern New South Wales, somewhere in New South Wales, some coastal town, and he um, he just feels totally removed from everything that's happening around him. Um, everyone's listening to the radio every day because the war's still going on and they're sort of giving updates and talking and giving their opinions about how the war's going and he's just sort of, he's just absolutely put off by all of that because he's just sort of um, upset by how flippant everybody is um, talking about this thing that he's just experienced when he's been over there. And there's a woman in the story that she's lost her partner and they, you know, come together. It's um, the most vividly lyrically written little short story. It's called Hello Joe, and it's by a guy named John Clancy. And it's the most beautiful little short story. Um, and I just love that idea. It wasn't so much about like the coming home from the war thing, because I think that's probably a bit dramatic. But I, it was more to do with just the sense of home not feeling like home. Um, but then someone else all of a sudden anchoring you and um, reinvigorating everything. So yeah, those those lines are sections of of that story. It's a really great way to to really open up the record too, especially especially having those different voices there. Um, you know, perks the attention up. Like, wait a second, this is this the same band that I left off with? You know, that that I was used to beforehand. <laughs> but, uh, 
but it, but it does. I mean, everything is just constructed so so. I don't know perfectly. I don't, I don't want to oversell this and everything. I really, really enjoy this record, though, and, and just love the way it flows in each other, and I love the way the songs kind of explode within themselves, you know, whether it's in those jam moments or not, but it, it doesn't feel too loose at the same time. I mean, I'm, I could keep going on this, but, um, but I love the record. I really do, and, and right from the beginning with Cars in Space, you knew that, you know, we were kind of getting something special, so, you know, on all that, congratulations, guys. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks, Doug. The beautiful words, yeah. Cheers. Well, but I so appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me today about all of this, and uh, especially for being so early and so late for both of us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. We've done a good job. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. No, it's, it's been a pleasure, and, and you know, and hopefully when all this uh, gets through its its natural course, uh, we'll, we'll all be able to, you know the big wave and everything from the uh, the actual venues and everything and hear these songs how they're going to do live i'm i'm really looking forward to that yeah <laughs> all right fellas uh it was a pleasure take care out there stay safe and, uh, and healthy uh, and all that thanks you too i'll stay with you all right bye all right See you later, bye. My thanks to Fran and Joe. The new Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever album is called Sideways to New Italy. And thanks to you for listening, for checking out the episode again. Uh, hopefully, if you're not already a subscriber, uh, you'll hit that button. Uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, you can find us there, as well as Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Podchaser, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with. We'll send a new episode to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists and learn about new artists and know what's happening in the music world. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can find me on just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.